0: All right, hello, 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 everyone out there in Twitch and podcast land. Uh, welcome to the Garcast. Since Prime has been here for quite some time, how are you, everybody? Um, I am Solo Base Fifteen. I am here with my good friend Zareth. We are here to discuss Grand Arena, which comes back tomorrow. Uh, how are you, Zareth?
1: Oh, I'm doing well, Solo. Yeah, it, it's. It's coming back you're right it, it returns to us now at the turn of the tide <laughs> as as some have said
0: yes yes it returns to us in the form of 3v3 which man how how far has this game mode switched from um, from probably a year ago when we were having 3v3 to now where it's like, 3v3 is the interesting one, and 5v5 is just kind of like, okay, same seven teams on defense every single time.
1: Right. So I I've, I've thought it was really interesting. This week you've said a lot of kind things about 3v3 that you typically reserve for anything other than 3v3. <laughs> I feel like maybe your swear words are going toward conquest instead. Actually. Oh,
0: they're 100% going towards conquest and the... Enormous time suck of my life that is going towards conquest. Here's the thing with three v three, and we kind of talked about it on Friday with the roundtable. Of there's just more, there's just more of it. There's actual strategy involved. Like in five v five, it's gotten to the point somebody did the math. And I think it's twenty only twenty three percent of the teams are hidden in three v three where in 5v5 or no in 5v5 and in 3v3 there's
1: strike that reverse it
0: yes exactly in 5v5 or in 5v5 it's 23 percent of the teams are hidden in 3v3 it's like 36 or 37 percent of the teams are hidden and i know that doesn't sound like a lot but there's a lot more strategy in there um
1: so much more
0: and it's funny so you recently put out a couple of 3v3 primer videos. Everyone go to Zareth's uh, shameless plug here. You go to Zareth's YouTube. It's just <laughs> Zareth on YouTube. He put out primers for 3v3. Um, but one of the things you said was everybody else is saying, you know, oh, just put throwaway teams in the back zone. And no the back zone is where the strategy is what's hiding in the back zone is where the strategy is you shouldn't have you shouldn't have a throwaway team on defense you shouldn't have the throwaway team hiding in the back especially
1: <laughs> oh yeah i throwaway man i that it, it drives me up a wall i uh gosh uh, so i was talking to i was talking to someone uh, another content creator a while ago um Gonna not gonna throw him under the bus or anything, it it was just an incredibly different philosophy than mine, and uh, it it was not grid by the way, because he people might actually ascribe what I'm about to say to him uh, because we are super different, but uh, he didn't he never said anything about throwaways, so just to be clear, um, not trying to throw shade, I was just like, they were talking about like, oh yeah, you could just use such and such squad as a throwaway or whatever, and I'm like. If, and at first I thought maybe they just like had different terminology I thought they meant like a burner squad you know like yeah. you, you use it because sometimes that's a tactical necessity of you need to burn their cool down, so you throw away your Tuscans or your Jawas or whatever right. you know to and you take a loss and I was like oh well maybe that's what he's talking about <laughs> and and then you know so I like kind of said something to clarify and they're like oh no like like uh just like throw them in the back and just call it good and i was like i'm just going to be awkwardly silent for a minute so i don't just like <laughs> make people hate me for the thing i just almost you know like a, a burner or a throwaway squad like on defense i just it it and it doesn't make sense to me at this point it in does. the game like like, I, I guess maybe once you very first hit, like, a new threshold in GAC uh, and you need more teams and you just don't have enough if you're kind of top-heavy, I, I guess maybe that's palatable or more acceptable. I just I, – I have a hard time believing you can't find any teams that are going to actually cost someone something.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, well, God, do you remember uh, – this is – probably a year ago now uh, because we've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half at this point. Um, And how many times we would say, guys, stop putting Carth on defense. It's not doing anything for you. Just stop. Well, every time you hear the throwaway team, it's basically Carth just with a different team. And like nobody – nobody nobody is scared of karth nobody is scared of the throwaway team all you did is give your opponent fifty four banners and it's like well I hope you can get fifty four against whatever they have instead because you just gave them easy banners
1: all right uh, well and and here's the thing like <clears throat> you can be people are like well I'm an efficiency player i i'm totally i'm just gonna I'm just gonna out banners them and i'm like so you're giving your opponents a head start is what you're doing because you're just because your opponents aren't efficiency players doesn't mean they can't be efficient it just means (laughs) that their whole goal in life isn't efficiency like they're they're fine with other things and you know I I feel like that's that's the thing that a lot of people I've talked to a few efficiency players lately and uh, like grid is one of them certainly he was on one of my streams this last week and like he he seems pretty convinced that his play style is right. And I'm, I'm not throwing shade at grid to be real clear, guys. He, he plays well. He does, he, he knows the game really well. I'm so nothing against him. I just like, he, like the, the things he was saying in our stream, like it seems like he was pretty convinced. Like he was almost trying to talk me out of trying to put a lot on defense, you know, like, like, you know what, come on, Zareth, like snap, snap to it. Like you're not, it's not going to work as well for you as what I'm doing and that that's fine but I, I get this sense that people just think that I completely cast aside efficiency and I, and I, I don't I uh, I'm like super efficient a lot of times I'm like I, I'm like I got a 59 and I'm disappointed kind of thing sometimes so right I, you know it's just I try for other win conditions other than pure efficiency my goal isn't to beat someone who got uh you know like a 21 30 in 5v5 against me it's like if someone got a twenty-one thirty against me then i would be shocked out of my mind
0: i think they were cheating <laughs>
1: right right like yeah. how how could you i don't i don't know how someone could even if they are an efficiency player even if they keep everything i don't think they could so you know Anyways, it's just a very interesting conversation, actually, and hearing people, hearing people like kind of, because it it wasn't, like, Grid was very, like, diplomatic and polite and, like, non-confrontational at all about it. I've talked to a couple others, though, who are, like, like, almost judgy about it, like, can you just stop, think like, pretending like you're actually going to win Zareth? or, like, it's it's very strange, it's been a very interesting uh, week, people, people have been discussing efficiency with me for some reason uh
0: well so here's here's the thing um and it's another thing we started talking about on uh friday night on the the round table is we are now at a point that our rosters are so big that there is zero excuse to not put down defenses like so If I was still in that 4 million range, I would probably call myself an efficiency player because I I always have the mentality of I'm going to bring enough to clear. And usually that means strong offense. And, you know, I'm not saying I would sell out my defense, just, I did very well from four to five, four to 6 million of keeping, keeping enough for offense that I could guarantee I was always going to clear. But there came a point in time where i was i was running through my offense and all of a sudden i was like i didn't use my cls team at all this round right. <laughs> or i didn't use vader at all this round and it's like and the matches were getting harder and harder uh, or i shouldn't say harder more stressful and more stressful because I was keeping all my, not all my good teams for defense uh, or offense, but I was keeping a significant amount of teams for offense, a significant amount of A teams and placing the B teams on defense. And my opponents were beating me very cleanly, which means I had to be perfect. And at some point you just can't be perfect anymore. (laughs) Um, So I do still think that I play, efficient efficiently for what I have but now I set a defense hard enough that if I make a mistake it's in on the first fight I'm not going to lose the round
1: right oh well, and that's I don't know I, I just for me I want I want another win condition I don't right. want it to be like if I don't full clear this guy perfectly I lose I want it to right. be like okay if I don't full clear this guy perfectly, Sometimes I lose, but sometimes he also doesn't clear me perfectly and I win because I'm, you know, like more efficient within that situation. Like sometimes I trip and fall on my face and I, you know, it's been a little bit since I haven't full cleared, but sometimes if if I don't full clear, I still have hope. Cause if, if that happens, my defense is strong enough. Maybe they will also not full clear.
0: Right.
1: You know, I have another, I have a backup option to actually win as opposed to like, oh well i'm not i can't full clear because i you know i I like everyone i made a mistake i can't you know every once in a while you make a mistake you can't full clear that sucks it's not fun but we're you know like but now i lose no matter what because i have ewoks on defense (laughs) right you know like that there's no possible way my opponent doesn't win if they attack like please god let them forget to attack Right. So
0: it's been a long time since we've discussed territory wars on this podcast and for good reason. But this territory war uh, actually brought up an excellent, an excellent example of this where we uh, came into the final four zones up by 200 banners. Um, now, Grant, you know, uh, predicted 200 banners, not actual up by 200 banners. But here's the thing we had to go through uh, one of the fleet zones was Negotiator with the ETA, Y-Wing, and Ahsoka lineup. And of course, we were up against Endall's guild. Oh, okay, you're know, talking
1: about our alt guild. Yeah, our,
0: our alt guild. Uh, we we're up against Endall's guild. So of course, their fleets were on point with the reinforcements. And Plo came out first on every single one of these fleets. Um, nice. And a good And... Then down south on defense, they, uh, they put teams that we needed to use Kylo's on. And so our 200 banner lead shrank incredibly fast just because of one fleet zone and one zone that we had to use Kylo to clear. And it's like, oh, well, in the fleet zone, every fleet battle, even if we won, we lost two people <laughs> on the bottom zone where we had to use Kylo. We were winning for 16 banners. And you know what? It's the same thing in grand arena where even if you're attacking with a super strong counter and you're going to get the win, sometimes teams or uh, strategies are just designed to steal banners from you. And if you're an efficiency player and you have a crap defense, you automatically lose against somebody that knows how to place not even a strong defense, just a good defense. Cause there, there is a difference there.
1: I've, I have had a few conversations with people who have said things like, uh, like they, they haven't, I've only been accused of cheating once. Now that was a while ago. Um, and the guy was crazy, um, <laughs> but like it, it, I have had a few conversations where people are like, like genuinely just like, how did you clear me? How did you do that with so much? With how much you put on defense? Like I didn't think that was gonna be possible with how much you usually put down. And I'm like, I, like, the video will be out soon, but let me, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the teams. And they're like, wow, I had no idea you could do such and such. You know, like certain counters. I think that's that's one of the important things about you know like listening to a podcast like this or watching videos by other people like being able to learn like have having your knowledge expanded of what's possible is is really important too right. you know of the counters and that's that's why I'm in a high-end guild right now I don't really like <laughs> right. territory wars frankly but I, I I'm in a high-end guild because they know all the they know all the counters or at least they're pioneering a lot of counters and I get to I get to use at least some of that knowledge in my GAC stuff so
0: right uh and real quickly thank you guys for kicking off a hype train is always appreciated um
1: yeah guys thank you so much
0: but yeah it, it's there are so many counters out there that don't get used regularly like you so if you look at the GAC meta report on swgoh.gg, you know, there is a 99% filter, where it filters out 99% of the counters only used five to 10 times, or one or two times. And you will find it if you, you know, click off that filter, there are people using counters consistently that most people have never heard of, never thought of. And it's not like, oh, this one time, because... The opponent's padmate didn't have uh, mods on it. It's like you'll see a counter used five times. You click on, you know, and you click on it, and it's like the same person might have used it five times, and they're using it consistently. And then all of a sudden, you're like, is this a new counter that nobody knows about? And the answer is <laughs> generally yes. Um, there are so many counters that are out there that people just don't think about, which also makes it hard if you're trying to play in a way that you haven't thought out your defenses because if somebody knows a counter you don't know about and you didn't advance scout them first and see that they use that counter like your entire defense could be thrown off
1: oh yeah i, I know every once in a while i'm just like he used that <laughs> right <laughs> right i mean there's some times i the other day i, I was looking 5v5 um a Padme team beat my CLS team on defense. Like my my CLS team was on defense and Padme beat it.
0: Yeah, well,
1: that's... And, and I was I was just like, what? How? I mean, I I don't know. I it still seems a little sketchy. Actually, I should actually look more closely into it now that I'm thinking of it. But <laughs> I mean, I beat the guy pretty soundly, so it's not like. It's not like they were cheating to win, at least. I, I don't know. But, like, that's the very last team I would have expected to beat my Commander Luke team, though.
0: Right. Uh, hey, who knows? Maybe they're modded completely differently, you know?
1: But maybe. Uh, maybe that's just, like, their standard counter. And they, they're like, why is, does everyone say that doesn't work? Like, it clearly works.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Why don't we get started on the news? Because... We don't have uh, Grand Arena results to talk about this week, but in the past week, things have actually happened in the game. Surprising, I know. Um, So first, we'll we'll start from the things we care about the least and move on. Uh, We talked about last week, they were changing the raid, uh, the, the challenge pit, that is. And almost almost everybody out there said how horrible these changes were. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> on, on Wednesday, they made the changes and uh, the raid is much easier to clear now. Our, our guild, our, our main accounts guild cleared the raid in 19 minutes. <laughs> 19 minutes on Wednesday after after the changes. Um, you know Our alts guild, it took longer than 19 minutes but never was there... A threat of not clearing. Um, so they have brought these changes in, and honestly, I, this is one where I mean, I know I, oh, uh, CG a mea culpa there. I was I was wrong. You know, when I read it in text, I, I thought completely it was going to screw people, screw lower end guilds. in In the end, though, it the rate changes actually seem pretty damn good
1: yeah i I haven't participated but i did have a good chuckle because you know gom gom is very opinionated great guy (laughs) very knowledgeable you know not not a guy who's wrong very often and you know he's right at the same place though actually like he was he was like this is what we wrought like as a community this is our fault like we're (laughs) gonna get screwed this you know like just yeah going crazy and then uh, you know like and then he even admitted like like uh sorry guys I, I feel like an idiot i think is what he or his words i i don't think he's an idiot to be clear no, no i sound I, like i'm throwing a lot of shade tonight at, at <laughs> people but um i'm not actually trying to
0: <laughs> yeah uh, you know it's i mean good on cg and so here's the thing this is actually perfect timing um for me to care about this raid even less, because the one thing that the changes do is I've noticed more people are participating in the raid. I know it's like, oh, that's a bad thing, right? But the way that the uh, arrow magnifier goes. rewards are set up, if you participate and you don't finish in the top 25, you kind of get screwed. Um, you know, if you don't participate and you finish outside the top 25 and you only get three error magnifiers, it's kind of like a, all right, I can only blame myself type of thing. But if you participate and you finish outside the top 25, it's like, why did I even waste my time doing this? <laughs> um, True. But so this brings up the next point of Conquest Hard Mode, where if you finish with the red box in Conquest Hard Mode, you're getting 10 of the arrow magnifiers. That means if you do this every month and you never compete in a challenge raid, a challenge pit raid ever again, you can still get six R8s in a year. Because you're wow. going to get, yeah, because you're going to get 120 arrow magnifiers in a year. So that's that's good on for two reasons. One, if you're in a smaller guild that's not, completing the pit raid but you have sort of a bigger roster or you just like who you're playing with or you like a more casual atmosphere if you finish conquest it's not going to hold you back from getting r8s and uh, well,
1: two and I, I love that but continue okay. you, had, you had more points.
0: oh yeah my, my second point is when you're at a point like i'm at right now where i have what i have enough error magnifiers to finish off my seventh and eighth r eights. Um and actually I think after tomorrow's raid I'm going to have enough for my ninth r eight. After that, I really don't care. Like I, I just really I don't I don't care about getting any more quite frankly. Um I mean maybe one or two. And obviously I'm going to save some for potential galactic legends in the future. Um, But with these arrow magnifiers being in the hard boxes, I don't have to hit every single phase of the pit raid. I can finish 30th and not care, which makes me very happy because one of our raid times is uh, 3 PM when I'm at work and it's, extremely hard to schedule phone calls where I get to shut my office door for an hour to do the pit raid while I'm talking on the phone to a client. Um, So it will be very nice that I don't have to do that anymore and I can just kind of coast if I want to. Um, So thank you CG for those rewards because it's helping both the smaller player and it's helping the players that don't want to do another raid because I don't have enough time um yeah
1: yeah i I hear that um i've never had the time so right the fact that i have to do conquest so i'm making the time for that and then now i can i can just uh i don't know i can just coast now kind of like i can i don't i don't have to i can continue to do what i was doing and i'm not as punished as i used to be actually
0: if you finish 40 to, what is it? 40 to 25 now, every raid, um, you can get an RA every month with when you factor in the conquest rewards.
1: And then if you wail, you can get even more. So right. <laughs> no, I, I really, it makes me so sad to hear you say that you have eight. <laughs> I have, and you're almost about to nine. I have four right now. And I'm like only halfway to five. And I've actually bought, I've actually spent a hundred dollars to get one of mine that I own. Yeah. Like I've spent a total, you know, I bought two different packs at two different times, 50 and 50, like, and and so I'm I'm that far behind you because I just can't participate. And it'll be nice to actually have that curve a little bit lightened, like, it, like, I've been wailing lately, kind of, and I feel like all my quote-unquote progress in, like, getting harder matchups has been lost because there are other people who are, like, tryhards who are doing the raid all the time and just yeah. getting ahead of me in GP via Relic 8. and Like, I'm just, right. like, backsliding back to where I used to be. I don't know. It's a weird thing. <laughs> it's also a weird thing to be talking about being sad about having, uh, like, a more efficient matchup GP. It's right. very strange. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, unlike Fatal, who's just applying R 8s left and right, he's like, "I want, I want harder competition." And just apply. so he's just applying every R eight. He's like, "I'll take this one and this one and this one." Yeah, like, oh, all right, better you than me.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel. Like I like I want to be doing that, but at the same time, I'm uh, at the same time, I just uh, I. I i i'll spend a little money i am not going to spend 150 bucks every month just on one and a half relegates no like i can click the upgrade button one time in a month like it it's that's not not palatable to me not gonna do not gonna spend money on that like so anyways anyways uh So speaking of Conquest Solo, how are you liking it so far, man? We've we've kind of ignored it a little bit. Uh, Like we just decided not to talk about it at all last week. Uh, How have you felt about it now?
0: I cannot wait for it to be over. (laughs) That's, That's how I feel about it. So here's the thing. There are some things that are very fun in it. There are some things that just grind. Like, so... People have said, "Oh, conquest is great. With two weeks, you can take your time. You can do all this." And I have been. Um, I have at least forty-five more fights to do, um, at a minimum, because of the fight X amount of times with dark side characters. Fight X amount of times with light side characters. Um, you know, evade a hundred times. Apply eight million dots. Like. I don't care about all these feeds. So yeah, yeah in GAC, work. yeah, that's what, that's exactly what it is. And so now for what we're on our fourth week straight, I lose my, I lose my lunch at work because the option is do conquest during lunchtime or stay up an extra half hour every night to do conquest. And I can't lose any more sleep because I'm only sleeping like five and a half hours a night as it is. Um, so I just don't get lunch. Like, thank you, CG. I, I, I don't get lunch because of conquest. Excellent. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so I, I think the game mode is fun. I think it's a lot of people. I think it's what a lot of people have asked for. It's just not what I asked for. It's not what I want. So I'm, I'm glad they're trying to uh, keep it happy. I'm glad they're trying to reach out to everyone because there's a giant section of this fan base that, um, you know, wants PVE content. And I am very happy, you know, for the health of the game, get, keeping those people happy and keeping those people in the game good on cg i just don't have to like it that's that's what it comes down to
1: uh, yeah man I, exactly like i'm i'm happy for the people who got what they wanted it can it can just be tough like ha- especially having alt like it, it's just it's too much with an alt frankly
0: it, it is it, it's it's too much for my main like i find myself I, i'm forcing myself to do this game mode it's like <sighs> All right, let me go burn ten fights or whatever it is. And then it's like, oh, you went up against Galactic Republic and you just thought somebody you have to you only got two out of three stars. You're gonna have to do this fight all over again. Congrats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh yeah, I, mean,
0: I, no. I just don't care. And then to do some of the feats, you have to take off the data disks that you have applied because the other team isn't taking any turns. It's like, Just stop. Just <laughs> Let me play my PvP. Let me get my rewards, and I'm done. Um, but that's how um, I feel. Uh, how do you feel about Conquest Hard Mode?
1: You know, uh, so I, I have two things about it, I guess. Uh, number one, I... I have really actually enjoyed the heck out of it surprisingly. <laughs> like it has been a lot of fun. Uh, like there's there's just a lot of appealing things about it somehow like I, I just I can't get over how like borderline overpowered my uh, my nice sisters are, for instance. yeah like like you just... Uh, you know, you just demolish things with my sisters with the right data disks and it. Somehow I'm enjoying that. normally I'm like, well, like I'm, I'm the guy who, you know, like it, you play a computer game as a kid and you're like, oh, I got this cool cheat code. Like I'm gonna play God <laughs> mode here. And for a while it's cool. And then you're like, for me, I was like, well, honestly, the whole reason I was playing this to begin with is I liked the challenge. Yeah, like I just wanted a good challenge and like that that was the appeal to me and so like it gets very very old very quickly to to just, you know, like demolish everyone. And so I figured that would be the same way with me with this. Like if it it did end up easier, then I wouldn't it would it would absolutely not it not make me that interested and and it like in a way it's like a double standard too. I'm like and if it's really hard, it won't interest me because I don't care about them just artificially increasing difficulty by adding numbers or like weird right. mechanics. Uh, but somehow I have really enjoyed it a lot. And I don't know. So we'll, we'll see if that continues. That said, I don't have time for it. <laughs> right. I just don't. And so I I in a way, I like that they're forcing me to play for the reasons we just said, like I can at least get some relic eight stuff uh out of it and of course we have to get razor crest that's gonna he's gonna be an important ship so there's that but i don't know uh i i do it on my alt i've been doing it on normal it's even fun on my alt but i think my alt i'll end up just getting like i'll I'll just start doing hard next time because i missed out on it last time i'll get hard i'll do hard mode on the alt and then I'll just get to the first or second box and call it good. Cause it's still better yeah. than anything in normal. And I can't even contemplate. I don't think I've done a, I think I've done a total of three attacks between the two uh, the two conquest weeks so far <laughs> on Prevail Man. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to do any attacks on that, right. frankly.
0: Yeah, I, here's the thing, if they, scheduled this so it's supposed to run once a month um and you know part of this is probably my fatigue of this just running constantly the entire month for the exhibition season but if they schedule it for a GAC off week and light side territory battle does not run during that off week I would be fine with it uh, I truly would be fine with it because I'd literally be doing nothing in the game other than arena climbs and I'd be like, okay, this isn't that bad. But man, last week you had light side territory battle conquest, assault battles. And it's just like, I don't have time to do all of this. Now, if they made assault battles simple, like today I had to waste time on tier three of the uh, assault battle because I can complete it, so I might as well get those invidal cards and all the other stuff in there. Like, make that simmable to save me a little time so I have more time for conquest, or even make it like uh, the Galactic Challenges, where if I complete tier three, the other five tiers are automatically completed. And that yeah. would save me like 15 minutes in the game, and I could dedicate 15 minutes to uh, conquest. I would be better with that, but right now it's like I'm doing a lot of stupid things in the game, and that that annoys me. Like I'm not. It's not that I'm hitting a raid. It's that I've already completed all the sectors, and I have to go back and apply a hundred dots. Like really, so I just have to go out and force crush a bunch of times with Vader. But oh, yeah. that force crush! I had stacking offense on one of my de- discs, so I force crushed and killed the entire team let's wait for me to get more energy to do it again
1: <laughs> for the for the death for the dots thing last night yeah. and i didn't even get to the max so it's not like a perfect strategy but like so i i just i ended up having to use the vader team like six or seven times before vader was weak enough to not just one shot the whole right. geo team kind of like but once I did, I was managed to get a couple force crushes off. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm seeing a vast improvement in my numbers at like 30 yeah. percent, uh, whatever endurance <laughs> or whatever the mechanic is called." So yeah,
0: yeah. Or it's like the one wasn't that bad. Like they get what uh, I don't even know, like 1,500 kills or something. I literally just took troopers like four times and killed uh, the night sisters, except for one. And then he just put it on auto-basic with them targeting zombie. And I think each time I got like 150 kills and I was like, all right, that one's not as bad. Still a waste of literally 20 minutes that I had my phone on. Um, during Galactic Conquest, I, You know, every month or every week, every Sunday, I get a report of screen time on my phone. I spent over six hours on my phone last week. And a lot of it was like, Oh, here's twenty minutes just grinding feats in conquest. Excellent. This is this is good.
1: <laughs> uh, feats, man. In, in this game, I feel like feats are like a video game thing, though. Like they they are. They...
0: Uh, yeah, that's they. They exactly are. If you play a Steam game, there's going to be feats. If you play a PlayStation game or an Xbox game, they have titles or feats it's just annoying. It's just annoying.
1: Uh, Yeah. Like uh, I can't in in my life, I, I, what I realized, so I I like to tell myself that I would be a gamer. Like I'd actually play other games than this. I know that playing a game in some people's eyes would make me a gamer, but like, I don't, I don't necessarily see it like that. I see it as like, like playing games habitually, like playing different games and I can't, I can't be that really like with my, My life being what it is right now, that it's fine. Not even better, but I like to think that if I had more time, I would be a gamer. But I kind of think maybe I wouldn't, because I hate feats like this. I hate completionist quests. Oh, it drives me super nuts. I don't want to. I don't want to, them to just waste however many hours of my life, making me like do these random quests that actually don't don't even like drive the storyline it drives me crazy and not not that this is even storyline but
0: no right it's i've never been a completionist um i always tell myself yeah i'm going to i'm good this is the game this is the game i'm going to get 100 percent on and i'm going to be so happy doing it and then i get to like 85 percent i have i have to bake how many loaves of bread right (laughs) i'm not gonna do that or you know whatever stupid feat it is, yeah
1: uh or you like get, get your ultimate weapon by like right by like talking to all 12 different villager types or something <laughs> you know?
0: yes it's like i don't want to do okay that. Sweet, Um sweet man
1: <laughs> like i don't that's like the most boring way to get the ultimate weapon ever
0: so. <laughs> speaking of stupid feats this is actually an excellent transition back into grand arena um so we got well, Grand Arena started. So we figured out what the feats are for this season: uh, troopers in three v three. How about that?
1: Uh, I mean, they did that before, so I guess I'm not did. surprised.
0: And this is a replay of uh, July of season nine. Um, but man, I you know, give us troopers in five v five like that. That makes sense. Um, three feet three. I, it's, I just don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it.
1: Oh gosh. Uh, so I, I just don't know, man. Like I feel like, so, okay. So let, let's get like negative ish Zareth out <laughs> for a minute. Like I don't <laughs> it's it's very difficult to say like they use the devs used to say that they used to play the game all the time and, and frankly I, I like almost don't see how they could play the game all the time like they do it eight hours a day or however many hours like it's their job and then they go home and like they have to do territory wars like they're annoying guild leaders like tagging them like hey we really need your padme <laughs> you know like hey like get off your ass like hurry up and do something and you're like literally just spent nine hours playing this game for you like doing this you know and they can't yeah. say anything they can't reveal their identities and so like i don't see how they could play this game like really competitively uh, you know like the way we do we're like oh we have to complete all this we have to keep up we have to like i don't see how we could oh and operation metaverse thank you so much for the raid guys yeah. good to see you gone um but uh, so I, I hate to be the guy. I, I always get frustrated by saying this, but like how disconnected I was, how disconnected do you think the devs actually are with with the with the game or or connected? Like the feats may like they tell the story that these like the last thing these guys would want. These the the devs who have been playing for for you know the, like designing the game for for hours in the day, that the last thing they want to do is go home and grind marks on on (laughs) characters in conquest like you know like they're they're probably not doing that frankly if i had to guess my guess is that the devs don't do that and and so it makes me think like so the feats in GAC how many of them are actually trying to get do all these feats in GAC some of them may enjoy GAC but like how many of them are actually trying for the leaderboard and actually think that troopers in 3v3 is a good idea Right, it makes me scratch my head a bit
0: well so here here's my favorite trooper feat um is you know uh defeat six enemies in grand arena with imperial stormtroopers fine six enemies that's two teams you know they give you multiple days to do it but then all the options they give you there's not a single leader there so you have to bring the leader in (laughs) <laughs> and if the leader gets killed, a uh, kill, you're screwed. <laughs> like, damn it. Um, or, you know, so, some of the feats aren't that bad. Like, gain taunt 20 times. Like, that, you know, you're going to get that one. Win a grand arena battle using three clone troopers. Just bring Rex, Ark, and Fives on offense and kill something with it. You know, uh, that's sure. fine. Win a Grand Arena battle with Krennic and Death Trooper, and I know that one probably has a special place in your heart uh with those two. But you can do that, you know. You'd make it Vader, Krennic, and Death Trooper against a weak team, and sure,
1: like I'll put, I'll take Supreme Leader Kylo with those two, right? You know, yeah.
0: I, I was thinking I would take Sith Eternal Emperor with those two, and you know, there, like some of them aren't that bad, but. (laughs)
1: Some of them are so ridiculous. Some of them, it's like in 3v3, they prescribe, they make you take all three really bad characters and they're like, get a win with this team. And you're like, I, and you have two, you don't even have a full week. You have like one or maybe two like matches. Like sometimes it's the final match and you're going for top 10 and you have to kill something, you have to beat a really tough opponent. With a really asinine squad, it's like Stormtrooper Han lead go, right? <laughs> you know, like, like is it that one of them this week is like Stormtrooper Han with Farm Boy uh, and like yeah, one other? Yeah, it's
0: Stormtrooper Han, Farm Boy, and Legendary Chewbacca.
1: Okay, like that—that's not the absolute worst. It, it's still not good. Like my Stormtrooper Han is pure ass on my alt.
0: What are you gonna kill with that team?
1: Like it, it's basically Chewbacca killing
0: something. So what is Chewie? going to kill on his own. Or how about um, win a fleet arena battle with Imperial TIE Fighter and First Order TIE Fighter in the lineup. So they're giving, like, you win this fleet arena battle with zero synergy. That's what they want you to do. And, I mean, you basically have to collude in your shard to do it. That's That's Especially against the current metas. Um, you know, I can win with Imperial TIE Fighter if every once in a while there's um, home one around. I can win with First Order TIE Fighter, but I have to use them both on the same team. Like, that's... Uh...
1: Yeah. I, I feel like the feats, uh, in my opinion, that's the most demoralizing part of this game, honestly, because yeah. it, it's not just that they're tough. Like, if it was just because they were tough, and that was the, like, the start and finish of it, like, I guess I would accept it. I mean, I do accept them in a, in a way anyways. I just, right now, especially, like, it, they've, I've been wanting changes to GAC for so long, and they haven't, like, they haven't even hinted for a very long time that they're actually, like, going to do that. And, right. Like it's very demoralizing for for a guy who just loves Grand arena and wants the best for it to see it like get never get any upgrades like we get new characters, and that's fine, but like we're at a point now where we could really use like a pretty big push for like I don't need a new map we I would like one. I don't need uh like a new matchmaking system. I don't need anything like a huge revamp. I really need a new division. I need like yeah. three new divisions
0: uh, yeah, and, I and need...
1: they they haven't shown any. A sign of like wanting to do that.
0: I need two more uh, squads in the back, or one squad in the front, one squad in the back. Like, (laughs) I need something right. That because we're gonna get. Well, we were talking about this before we went on stream. (laughs) Like, in theory, we're going to get another Galactic Legend pretty soon. You're gonna be able to put a Galactic Legend in every slot (laughs) on defense, like if you want. You know, those people that place the FU defenses, it's going to be a galactic legend in every single slot. And uh, what are we going to do? Like, Darth Revan's going to be forced out of the game. Gas is going to be forced out of Grand Arena. Like, these super strong teams, just as power creep happens, are just going to be completely gone from Grand Arena because they're not – our rosters are getting bigger and the Grand Arena board just – stays
1: right yeah it, it's like the gosh now I forget what the show is what the movie is like that creepy guy who's like you know I you know the best thing about high schools high schoolers is uh, like they I get older they stay the same age <laughs> oh, and, and it, it's it, like I guess it just feels like a little bit like that of like we like the ge- the the game continues we continue to get more rosters and stuff and GAC stays the same yeah like we just outgrow these things but you're right like eventually we will be priced out of using general skywalker i'm already at the point where i'm like okay sometimes i just use skywalker as a fifth jedi on a right. team and then and then like 501st like Oh, the, this is exciting, guys! I'm desperate. Like I, I failed a few attacks, and now I need some like alternate teams, and I can actually use my clones. <laughs> you know, like this is exciting. Right. I get, I'm desperate, therefore I get to use my full roster. You know, like I messed up, therefore I get to. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, I. Uh, that being said, so so they they said a while ago and we've quoted them so often, uh, actually, um, we've quoted them saying like, uh, you know, like we're waiting till we get to a certain point, it, you know, to, to get to our, um, to get to the division, like we have to get to a certain number of people at a certain gear or GP level, then we're going to give you guys another division. And I'm, I'm almost certain that's just passed, like way past, like they've just like taken it off their priority list. And that's, that's how it goes. I guess I'm fine ish with it for now. Like it's starting to become a concern for real. But uh, I guess my main point is how I get a lot of people. And and, I mean, you and I quote the devs a lot too. Like how much can we really trust what the devs have said in the past? Like, at what point do we have to just assume that some of the things they say are just to quiet people down and some of the things they say like they genuinely intended to do and then they took it off the list for some for some like really valid reason and they just didn't communicate that to us because they don't want to spread the negativity of like, hey, guys, I know we promised to do this but like we're not going to do it anymore and that sucks but there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I so that second point is very real um, you know uh, it, it is a very real thing of and it's why they went silent for so long because you, pro, you say something you just say give like a little hint about something in a QA and a session and a year later people are pulling up the Q&A saying you said we would have this in the first quarter and we don't and it's like well, guys after we said that we told you we we're having trouble with it so we had to scrap it because it wasn't working and people are like you're a liar you we didn't get it you
1: can't trust cg like they're yeah yeah and I'm, I'm really not even like trying to slag cg i just i <laughs> i just i have to wonder these things like after a while blind faith isn't enough you know
0: i think Yeah, I I think part of the problem is well, and and they said it in one of the Q&A's is that CG does not make the final decision on this game. They come up with ideas. They propose ideas. They want to do a bunch of things. They don't get the final word on basically anything. Um, First off, this is licensed material, and the licensee, or licensor, sorry, messing up my legal terms, um, retains strict control over all of the IP. Um, if Disney says no, you're not going to do that, you know what happens? They, they're not going to do that. Um,
1: they're, they're really awesome ideas that everyone would have loved, and they had the full capability of doing it. Right. Is suddenly just not an option anymore.
0: Exactly. Or if they come up with an idea and the number crunchers at EA says, we don't think that that's worth it, you know what's going to happen? It's not going to go forward because the number crunchers at EA are like, no, this is actually our game. It might be your studio. This is our game. It's not going forward. And then finally, they get into... Just within CG, somebody comes up with a great idea and mentions it and people are like, yeah, but I had this idea. So it's going to take priority over your idea, which just isn't going to happen. And so, you know, a dev might say, yeah, it'd be really cool. I want to work on this. But then they can't on like 18 different levels, which I do kind of feel bad for them on that front because they've hinted they've hinted a few times before that just to put out a post on the forums like the state just to put out a state of the galaxy there's like eight different levels of checks that have to happen before they're allowed to put it out like I remember at one one time, Carrie said something along the lines of, she was about to go on vacation, so she submitted something for approval, and she got back from vacation that was like 10 days, and they still didn't get it back for approval. And It's like, when you're going through that many, you know, eyes, essentially, that much bureaucracy, there's going to be a lot that's left on the floor that gets communicated and then doesn't come back to you. So, When you say, how far can we trust what CG say? I don't know if you can. And I don't think it's because of ill-intentioned comments. It's just, a lot of it's just out of their control. Like, you know, they say, we're gonna upgrade Grand Arena to more teams and more divisions. And then one of their uh, number crunchers in EA says, Yeah, we don't think that's worth your time. Um, You know, we feel like you could make more money doing Y. And then they have to go do Y. (laughs) Like, that's, you know, which is sad, but it's a business. And that kind of comes with this being owned by EA. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, so... I'm not really even like trying to just lag on them i just uh you know i think i think honestly a lot of the developers are extremely well intentioned whether or not it translates or you know is another question but like i do think that they they care a lot of them do care deeply about what they do i mean a lot of us who you know who just whatever our jobs are like we care deeply about what happens in our jobs how we do them you know and I doubt that they're that, that different. I, I just, I do think they have a lot of obstacles and it it can just be very frustrating as a player of like, uh, how many how many people at Lucasfilm can really be like, uh, can really like want to put their foot down and say, no, no right. extra divisions in GAC.
0: <laughs> I, well, I Well, that's probably EA, but I mean, character releases like they've said. You know, we've had devs comment. You know, I want Mara Jade, or I want X. I want. I want to bring somebody in the game, but we just can't. You know, and it's like, well, that sucks because obviously, if they like this character, they're going to put a lot of work into it, and they're going to want to make it come out really well, but they're told that they can't.
1: Right, uh, You know, it, it probably doesn't bear, like, over discussion. I just, uh, you know, you just have to think they, there's a lot of reasons they're not going to do what they said that they're going to do, and that can be frustrating on a lot of levels, but, you know, there are actually, like, legit reasons, and frustrating reasons, there's all kinds of reasons, but I think the the real response is just don't assume that they're like, that we're going to get what we want. Uh, you know, that they're going to, if they say something and then it's been six months, just maybe assume that they, just like pretend like they didn't say it and maybe we'll mentally just be, we'll, we'll be happier.
0: Yeah, All Right. Um, anyways. And now, speaking of updates to the game, uh, we recently had an update and, yeah. Here is my absolute favorite thing about this update. Um, so, you know, everybody, everybody. were talking about how baby Yoda was missing from what I now know is called a pram. Never knew that before. Um, is a
1: pram a real life thing? I feel like it isn't, but I'm just ignorant, probably.
0: Uh, let's yeah no no it's it's a it's a real life thing except for the definition of it is a four-wheeled carriage and this was not wheeled at all uh but so baby yoda uh, went missing from the pram and everybody's like oh my god guys this is cg being brilliant it, he went missing when Dark Tripper came. They have this huge story. This is going to be a galactic legend. This is going to happen.
1: Gonna then, the update, thing.
0: <laughs> then the update came out and said, he's back in his pram. It was 100% a bug while well, everybody out there oh my gosh. was like, oh my God, guys, this is going to be something so cool. They have this huge storyline, including us. We both said it too. And yeah we did i i
1: bought yeah. it i was like this is amazing like if then, they do this this is really yeah. cool
0: and then it was a bug <laughs> then it was a bug that's that's all it was <laughs> all
1: right so let, uh, let me just recap for those of you who don't know exactly what we're talking about so um uh, bando has uh you know the baby Oda in a, a pram apparently and he 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 like he had him in, in his little character portrait or whatever, and then and then when Dark Trooper came out, uh, Baby Yoda disappeared from the pram, and we're like, oh man, it's like Death Trooper or Dark Trooper came and stole Baby Yoda, and now we're get we're like through releases, we are actually like gonna get like a cool event, we're gonna have to go take back Baby Yoda, like we're gonna it's gonna be a thing and then the devs are like ah, actually we're not that cool we're not doing that so
0: <laughs> man if i was them i would have just run with it i would been like screw it guys let's come up with something quick let's
1: <laughs> like right
0: it, or at least said in the update bo-katan came and brought him back you know something something just addressed
1: <laughs> it yeah you're yeah. right i i'm like i'm so disappointed i thought that it was gonna be a thing yeah i, um, I was sold
0: um, <laughs> You and me both, but we did actually get, we actually got uh, an update, which included Bo-Katan coming to the game, which everybody has wanted. We got uh, touch-ups to Kanderous, touch-ups to Sabine, Armorer is now farmable. Um, So this week, it did actually bring, you know, stuff stuff happened. Um, So why don't we talk about Bo a little bit? We both have Bo at seven stars now and have no clue how we're gonna use her. Um, it
1: feels so dumb.
0: <laughs> so I know,
1: I'm like, please Van Seal. You're, help us Van our Seal your only hope. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um,
0: but so here she is. She is a light side attacker, she's a leader, she's a Mandalorian, and she is also a scoundrel. Um and she has one of the cooler animations in the game, which we will see shortly on screen here. Uh, all right, so she's basically a leader for ma- Mandalorians. I mean, she's a scoundrel. Uh, I'm sure people are going to figure out a way to use her with scoundrels, but she, you know, she's meant to be a Mandalorian leader, uh, or at least on a Mandalorian team. So here's her basic, which the animation is kind of basic. It's just, and the text of it is deal physical damage to a target enemy. If it's Bow's turn inflict vulnerable for one turn, otherwise deal 50% more damage. Um, so here's the thing, uh, it's now what the third instance of vulnerable being added to the game, which is (sighs) credit avoidance arrows are going to go out the window soon, (laughs) except for the cam mission. Um, And you can tell by the way that the kit is written that this is, this is made for counterattacks. This is made for, this is going to be a team that attacks out of turn because I mean, right there it says, if it's her turn inflict vulnerable, if it's not her turn, deal 50% more damage.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, or, or assists. It's not just counters, it's assists too. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's I, I did change what I said to attacks out of turn because, agreed, it, it is going to be assist heavy as well.
1: Yeah, yeah i i mean then that's her lead like presumably or theoretically even if nothing else comes out from this faction like her leadership still takes advantage of this at an okay rate right right but, you know even if we don't get another character who's better at, than her that makes her <laughs> actually good
0: <laughs> right
1: now i don't necessarily think she's gonna be bad i think we just haven't found the right combo yet Right. But um, uh, I'm, I'm totally just uh, revealing my hand here. Let's, let's continue reading yeah. the kit.
0: Uh, what's that? Oh. Um, all right. Next up is Crippling Strike. This is the cool-ass anima- animation. Um, Super cool. I, I can just sit here and watch it for days. Uh, but the actual text of it is, it's an AoE dispel and then you daze the other team for two turns and deal physical damage to them as well. I mean, um, uh, so it's a debuff, a daze. So even if they have tenacity up, you're, I'm hoping you're dispelling, them, yeah. you're dispelling it. And then you're applying the daze and daze. Honestly, there's so much uh, turn meter manipulation in this game that dazing an entire team can just shut them down. Uh,
1: so no, this totally move, can.
0: this move looks cool, and it actually looks like it will have a lot of practicality in it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, this this can do a lot of work. I think if, if she's pretty slow, that's that's the issue. Like if, if right. she could somehow get out in front of everyone, it's like, <laughs> am I really gonna have to run Moff Gideon uh, with the <laughs> squad to make to make her be able to go right. first? We'll see. Yeah, I will tell.
0: Uh, All right, so next up is her unique and her leadership ability. Uh, So the unique is at the start of battle, Mandalorian allies gain 20% max protection for each Mandalorian ally until the first time Bo-Katan is defeated. Whenever a Mandalorian attacks out of turn, Mandalorian allies recover 8% health and protection. So you have some health regen here. And they, uh, at the start of battle, max protection. So when you're talking about, you know, grand arena focused, uh, you know, those things aren't bad. And they're on, they're on her unique, which just means she has to be on the team. This, that's not even her leadership ability.
1: Yeah, uh, well, and I feel like that's, that's gonna be an interesting aspect. I guess yeah. we'll just have to see did you put the zeta on
0: uh yes i did, you did. I, I you know I, I i figure why wouldn't you I, and that and that we have so many zetas saved up i mean I, know. Like I, why I, I still have
1: up. still have almost 10 i spent that one without yeah. even looking
0: yeah i i have 10 <laughs> saved up as well um all right Easy. so now the leadership ability and here here's I don't know if she's going to end up being used as a leader, but uh, when a Mandalorian ally uses a basic ability during their turn, they will call another ally, Mandalorian ally to assist, dealing 20% less damage. But if it's bow called, it's actually 50% more damage based on her basic. Uh, then, whenever a Mandalorian ally attacks their at turn, they gain 25% crit damage up to a max of 125% until the end of their next turn. And now at, then at the start of the encounter, all Mandalorian allies gain a special ability. So it's kind of like Thrawn, where he gets special ability, where this ability is dispel all debuffs on the character, then gain defense up, taunt, and tenacity up for two turns. Um, it's an interesting leadership. I don't know how I feel about it, quite frankly but you know i do it, find it very interesting
1: it feels like old republic again kind of
0: sort of sort of
1: like uh, they, they really want me like all the all the all the assists and stuff that's that's what makes me think of it i guess is yeah where everyone's assisting and there's just no turn meter
0: uh right there's there's not um, and that that's probably the biggest problem with this leadership. I also pointed out to somebody when CG releases a leader and the leadership doesn't have a zeta, to me that kind of signals that there's gonna be a different leader for the faction. Yeah, I mean, even fair. Karth has a Zeta on his leadership.
1: Uh, oh, so, and he turned out to be the only the only leader in that faction. So
0: that, that too. Basically. Yeah. So we now have two leaders in that faction, and Arm- Armors isn't a Zeta either. It's just an Omega, I believe.
1: Well, I, thank God she's not going to be the lead.
0: Right. Um, so, it's just very weird to see a leader of a faction without a Zeta, so I really, truly wonder if this is the last piece of the Mandalorian faction. And I, I don't think it is.
1: <laughs> I know. I... I was so sure it was going to work, and then uh, I, I was so sure we were going to get get a cool event. But now, now I don't know if we are. So, you know, yeah. with the with the baby Yoda and the pram and all that, right? Okay. Uh. Anyways, enough on that. But I, I just, we'll see. I, I, I do think we're just going to have to wait for a little bit for other comps to come out. I, I also think they can't quite be done. I, I really do think we're going to get another Mando. We don't, I've never I, wanted a third Mando. I think we we right. are going to get one though. I
0: agree. Um, I, I think another Mando is coming um, because just because of the hints that they put out before, like, "Hey guys, you'll notice this Mando doesn't have his jetpack." Like, <laughs> you know, "Hey guys." Uh, we, we've left the door open to have another Mando. Like, it just screams it. Now, so here's the question, though. We're going to get another Mando season, in theory. Uh, I did see an article that says, speaking of Lucasfilm control, that John Favreau, to do the third season, wants more control over what he can do in the universe. So we'll see if we get the third season. Um, oh, but, Interesting uh do they really want to have three mandos from two seasons but then again mandos make money in theory uh mandos bring people into the game so like i get why and mando's not going to be back until 2022 um So I I, I don't know. I I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I do, so a lot of people have started to say that the Mando faction and all the releases from Mandalorian is going to be like the solo movie and the characters aren't going to be needed for anything while everybody's here panicking. I I don't necessarily agree with that. But I mean, that fear has to sit in the back of your head a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, am I gearing all these characters up and then they're not going to be needed? Um,
1: right. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a fear of that. I think, I do think that we're going to get someone in chess says no one ever asked for a second bando or a second mando. And I was fine with the second one. I, th- I thought that made sense. I didn't I ask just,
0: for it, but I was fine with it
1: so here's here's the thing i think that cg is capitalizing on mando's popularity right now and i think they're also seeing into the future of like okay like maybe after they do the mando stuff they can work on some movie things for a little bit i don't don't know but then eventually cg uh, or lucas whatever lucasfilm is going to be putting out so many new shows and so many new things that like when can they come back to mando anyways like
0: that's my a good guess point. is
1: my guess is that they're just going to give us a third mando no one wanted it but now then then we'll just move on from mando and we'll never get another thing from mando for like two or three years if the game lasts that long
0: that's probably a good point uh not probably that is a good point um <laughs> you know i i never thought about it that way so <laughs> you caught me um uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i think it's just i i think they will be needed for something i think they have started to hint that things get done in eras you know wow uh, like they're like oh we're working on you know empire strikes back this
1: sure mm-hmm. couple
0: months we're working on this this couple months this is clearly the mandalorian era i should say well, quarter. i think
1: i think they just called it uh they just called it the the Mando the Age of Mando, I think. Like yeah, they get like, one of their road aheads or state of the galaxies or whatever. They they like pretty clearly stated like we're, you know, th- this is this is what we're doing right now.
0: Yeah, um. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what comes out of this. Um, you know, I do kind of hope that there is some sort of legendary or something. Just because, like we said, this team needs something else. I it just, it's a very, it's a, it's a good team. It's not a great team, which yeah, is a little disappointing. Then again, the individual characters like Dark Trooper, Moff Gideon, fantastic um, armor. I'm kind of struggling to find a place for armor. But there as a backup Watt, she actually – I mean, she actually can do a lot. It's just where do you use her right now? And then uh, Bo, we still need to m- see more with her kits. It kind of sucks that she's starting off in 3v3 because people are going to form their opinions based on the 3v3 season, which I don't think is fair. I'm excited to see with more time with her um, – where this goes
1: yeah we'll see i i mean we, we keep saying it. I, I really do think we're going to probably get something else uh but even if we don't i do think there's some interesting stuff like uh, the other part of the the update that they gave us i think or did they do that last time actually i i don't actually remember now um uh, like the other part of the update though was like, they made Sabine and her Zeta way better.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that that was this update, actually. We were supposed to talk about that, too. Um, I have it pulled up, even. So, nice. um, they adjusted Sabine and Kanderous' kits. Um, for Kanderous, it's as unique, and they added, instead of Old Republic ally, it's, um, now applies to Mandalorian and Scoundrel allies as well. So, giving him that little bit of synergy there. Um, And it's 10% health steal and potency for each Old Republic, Mandalorian, and Scoundrel ally. So if you're using him in a full Mandalorian team, it's 50% health steal and 50% potency, which at Relics... um, Isn't Ordo the highest base offense in the game?
1: I don't know that. Or
0: he's close to he used to be at one point he
1: he totally could be Uh, like he gains a ton like because I feel like the the big balancing thing when they did the uh, the gear 12 uh, or sorry gear 13 and uh, the the final piece the finisher piece for gear 12 he got more than a thousand like a thousand was a ton like Han Solo got a thousand everyone was like no way but Kanderis got like 1300 or something like that
0: yeah, it's some, it and everybody has been trying to make Candorous work, and he's worked here
1: or there, but never I'm trying to make Candorous happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, CG is now trying to make Candorous happen. Uh, but anyway, so Sabine also got the update here, and it's for her Zeta. And when she so. Sabine has the typical Phoenix, we're gonna give a Zeta on an ability, not on a unique. And so on her special ability, uh, it's for each active Mandalorian and Phoenix ally deal 15% more damage and expose a random enemy. And then Mandalorian and Phoenix allies gain crit chance up and offense up for two turns. Um, and, And that's the part that changed. Basically they added Mandalorian into those two sentences. That makes her viable on a Mandalorian team now. And as, as uh, Gamma has said multiple times to us, and, and on Friday night, Sabine is now giving Beskar offense up with an AoE while he's in Whistling Birds. And so if the team is set up right, it's going to be 20 Whistling Birds while Beskar has offense up. And that doesn't suck
1: no it's it's really good man i uh you know i've i've been a huge fan of the the sabine zeta for a long time right and and i i'm super excited about some of the things you can do like one of the one of the things and i said this in our gambit fight night i think i've said it like every stream i've talked in but uh, (laughs) i guess i'll just say it here too just for fun just in case someone hasn't listened um i i really think that it it really interests me the synergy between Sabine's AoE and Bo-Katan's AoE. Yeah, because Sabine, if she goes before bo she'll she'll throw her AoE. It'll stagger everyone. It'll throw exposes on people. It'll put offense up. It'll do all these these things. Like it does a million things, and then it resets pretty quick. But beyond that, uh, she also. So she, she puts stagger on everyone and it can't be evaded. It can be resisted. So put potency on her. But if you, put, if you put potency on her and everyone gets stagger, then bo goes and hers, uh, she dispels everything first. So the natural evade is still, I guess, in play, but it gets rid of foresight and stuff. So uh, everyone has stagger and then bo goes, if they have foresight up again, somehow, it goes away, and then she shoots everyone. She hits everyone, and all of their turn meter just disappears. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is and going... they're all dazed. So right now, the way to mod Best Beskar team is, you basically want Quill really fast, and then the other four, you want like, you know, just making up speeds here: two seventy-five, two seventy-four, two seventy-three, two seventy-two. Like have it set up where just you know rapid fire bang 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 they all kind of go and so I feel like with what you're saying you basically do that with Sabine and Bo-Katan where it's Sabine goes and then one speed slower here's Bo doing the AoE.
1: Yeah uh, it could be good it, you know yeah and that's that's like artificial turn meter manipulation right right yeah yeah so, so yeah. It, so, it's it's not so always gonna work. So a
0: budget moth Gideon.
1: <laughs> it, it is. It's like a budget <laughs> moth Gideon. But that it actually that combo does damage and it gives days. Like it, it is yeah. it's right. substantially different to the point where <laughs> you can't really just say like it only does what Gideon does. Yeah.
0: No. 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 It, it does more than Gideon, especially since uh, Sabine is exposing the enemy too. So you're right. not only is it doing damage; it's doing max health damage on top of it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, man. Her is super fun. Have you put have you geared her up at all?
0: Uh, she is currently sitting at 12. I gear 12. Her Candorous are sitting at 12 just because I'm trying to rush Bose gearing up. And you know, we talked about last week that I had geared Scarf Rebel Pathfinder up to gear 11 last week. And my god, does he steal all of the gear? Like, just. It, For only having six gear pieces per gear level, Scarif Rebel Pathfinder has an amazing way to steal any, any stores you had of gear. Um, It's just, so it has been very slow gearing up Bo. And so Kanderous and Sabine have been sitting at gear 12, just kind of waiting for her to get there as well.
1: It's so demoralizing, dude. Like Scarif Rebel Pathfinder. You just, people say that you could find a use for him, but they're lying. <laughs> like, well, he's, he's especially not good. After,
0: Especially after the nerf. Um,
1: sure. Oh, which yeah. So, didn't help him. So, like, yeah, people are going to. I think I brought this up at the Gambit fight or a Gambit roundtable, but uh, like the people who. Who decide that like they have to get the best bang for their buck they have to use their characters that that they've been forced to invest in or you know (laughs) they've just ill-advisedly invested in so you know like you see people using like rolo and uh captain han solo and you see all these people who like have this buyer's remorse they have to they have to use these characters because otherwise they're not they're not actually able to you know like have an efficient roster and um you know like that's that's what of Rebel Pathfinder is. That's a regret. Yep. Like that's that's when you just have to realize that it feels bad. It's always going to feel bad to gear that character because he's half of a ship.
0: Basically, he's half he's of a
1: support ship.
0: He's not even the full ship. He's half.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Like
0: that's the biggest kick. It's oh.
1: He's he's half of a ship. Like <laughs> yeah, like that. You just have to. You have to just deal with that somehow mentally and realize that he actually he's the one though him and Biston combined are the ones who make it possible to have a pretty sweet rebel fleet and that actually opens up a lot of pathways in fleet even if you hate yeah. fleet it, you know like it's not a bad thing to gear him it just feels really it bad
0: feels bad it feels awful yeah my um my poor my poor alt my poor poor alt and my poor me actually. So uh my alt is now gearing up Biston and Scarf Rebel Pathfinder is next. And it's going to be demoralizing for the second week in a month. Like just <laughs> lord. And it's even worse on that account, because that account does not grow nearly at the same pace as my main account. So it's gonna take so long to finish gearing him. Oh, <laughs> sad thinking about it right now. Um,
1: I know. I I keep thinking like my my alt could really use Biston. <laughs> like I, I could really use that refresh. On like I could use another good fleet. Yeah. Because the the two G T two ships are sud- are sli- like slightly starting to become, you know, more common. I need <laughs> I need more of an edge, and I'm yep. like well which do I want to do do I want like I already have a relic Han and Chewie like I and and my bigs I'm going to be getting up for uh the various Jedi unlocks and stuff eventually so like the only real ship I actually need at this point is Biston's ship right it's just two characters that have bought that are bottomless pits for gear and then I don't get a return on investment on that gear except for sometimes it's useful in fleets
0: right Yes, right. Uh, uh, all right. With that said...
1: <laughs> we could change course.
0: We we probably should. We should get to the podcast questions because we have been rambling on. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> for, for having no Grand Arena season, we have somehow made it to the podcast question at the same time that we normally do. Um, all right. So let's kick it off. And the first one's actually in relation to uh, me, so I'll, I can answer yeah, it real do. fast. Uh, so the question's for the JTR versus Padme counter, which Zetas would you consider essential essential for it to work? Kyber Show uh, mentioned Resistance Hero Pose, that debuffs on a crit hit, any others? Um, so for those of you that don't know, Kyber Show is the show that is put on by Kin and Skeletorix. Um, And one of my fights, what they do is every week they will highlight certain fights that went on in Grand Arena, whether good or bad. One of my fights that was highlighted was uh, a JTR against Padme where I just smoked them. So I'm going to throw out this disclaimer. Um, This counter is A, not for the faint of heart, and B, not for... Every Padme team. Um, if the Jedi Knight Anakin, because you have to go after Jedi Knight Anakin, if that Jedi Knight Anakin has more than say like seventy-five k health, this isn't going to work <laughs> because you're going to get Anakin down to like a red sliver, and then things, then you lose somebody, and if you lose uh, JTR bb8 or r2 you can still pull off the victory just for 56 banners if you lose one of the resistance hero bros since there's no taunt and it's just kind of a, you're gonna lose somebody and you don't know who it is well then you're gonna lose the fight so um not for the faint of heart with that said uh so resistance hero pose zeta is what makes it go 100 percent um the other Zetas out there is don't 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 sleep on R2's Zeta that shares the stats, that's number crunch. Uh, that is going to be very important. And obviously the JTR lead. Um, those are probably the three big Zetas you want for that counter. Um, you know, I, I have my team fully, <laughs> fully Zeta'd. Um, but as well, it, you it, should, right? It, as well, you should.
1: Uh, they're all amazing Zetas, every single one in that squad,
0: right? They, yes, exactly. Um, but when you're talking about necessary for that specific counter, that's sure. that's uh, those are the three that you want it's number crunch, JTR lead Zeta, and resistance hero pose Zeta. Um, uh, and resistance hero pose Zeta is what does it, it's kind of the the flag bearer if you will it's the one that obviously does the most work but it, it's not going to work without um the r2 number crunch unless it's a really bad jedi anakin or and it's not going to work without the lead zeta um but it is a very fun counter i've done it on my alt a couple times now I, i've actually done it on my alt more than my main account at this point mm-hmm. um, and it's it works it works well um Okay. Next podcast question is an 80 K GP away to enter division one and still three characters, uh, relic away for Supreme leader Kylo. So he's close to his first GL, but not quite there yet. Should I try to keep my GP below 4.5 million and hoard all the gear until I can unlock Supreme leader Kylo, or just go ahead and gear as I go and get to division one, um, for the start of this grand arena season. Um, well, mm. I mean, I feel like this is always tough because it depends who you talk to. Some people will tell you that the top of Division Two is the hardest, is much harder than the bottom of Division One. Some people will say the exact opposite. I would probably stay in Division Two. Uh, just because there's a lot of fluff in Supreme Leader Kylo requirements, like the back end of the First Order, actually, let me rephrase that. It depends on who you have left. If you um, have, you know, like KRU, Hux, Red Panda, or Fox left to gear, I would just give them gear because they're a fantastic team Um, or fast, fantastic members of a team. If it's like, First Order TIE Pilot or Phasma or, you know, Special Forces TIE Pilot, like somebody on the bottom end of First Order, I would probably hold the gear and just apply it all at once when you're ready because they're doing nothing to help your matchmaking GP. <laughs> not not just pushing you into a new division. They're just doing nothing to help your matchmaking GP at all.
1: all right. Well, also... You know, that that was a question I had. Uh, should I, like, drag out Division 2 or just, like, go into Division 1 for my alt? And uh, so the, the only Division I will ever advise that you hold off in getting into is Division 1. Uh, or at least sometimes hold off and like you were saying solo it's very it's very similar uh, i mean what what you're saying is is correct like there's there's different considerations if you're super top heavy then you probably want to stay away from division one because here's the thing every other division has an artificial ceiling it's like yeah okay so if you if someone decided to just go just completely crazy and like they go into they go into division 1 and then at 4.5 and they put relic 7 and 8 on every character that they can that could be maxed out like they just tried to optimize it they could get paired with someone who's like 7 or 8 million gp right. conceivably and Uh, like there's no ceiling to who you can be matched with in division two if you do that same thing if you decide to go crazy like that and you but you stay somehow below division two or you like lock in and then do it like there's an artificial ceiling of who you can be matched with you're gonna you might get other crazies like you but there's not going to be that many and so you're going to get paired with a bunch of you know like people within your same gp range and and that's for So that that's the inherent protection of being in Division Two or other divisions. Once you get to Division One, it's all matchup GP, and you could get matched with whoever. I mean, like you you just got paired with Doctor JoJo in in the last season, and we were joking like, uh you know, you guys tied well, your alt yeah. versus him, and and then we looked at GP, and you you beat him by a million. You had a million more GP than him, right. and that's right. not even that uncommon. Uh, like that that happens i've had a few matches like that so like uh, (laughs) you're protected in division two you're not protected (laughs) in division one that's that's the start and end if you have a really top heavy roster which it sounds like maybe you don't if you're this is your first uh galactic legend then maybe maybe just wait i i would advise waiting Division 2 is yeah. nice, too. It's, uh, there's, it's so much smaller, man. It's so, so nice.
0: <laughs> it is.
1: Division um, 1 just feels gross.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is, what is the most questionable mod that you are eyeing for 6D+, plus? so basically with the slicing materials? Uh, are there any mods out there that you're like, probably shouldn't, but I want to go chase some stupid uh secondary
1: i mean i i totally just on a whim just on a lark i i had a plus 16 uh 5e arrow on uh, a crit crit avoid arrow on scion so plus 16 speed crit avoid i was like oh this is cool um also had potency on it and i was like you know what it would be so nice to get a plus 20 speed crit avoid arrow uh, you know and I'm actually within striking distance. I could do it. Uh and, and so I started hitting upgrade and, and yeah. I think my first two roles were actually potency. So it put me over like 10% potency, which is really nice. Uh nice. and then and then I I needed I had two more rolls and I was like, you know what? Let's just keep going. So I kept rolling it, and uh, it rolled speed twice. So I actually have an arrow right now, a gold arrow, a 6. And this is 6A, so it's not exactly 6D. Um, yeah. But uh, it's a 6A arrow with plus 25 speed crit avoid with pl- over 10% potency.
0: Not bad. Hey. And,
1: like, it was it a questionable decision? And did it require what, like... <laughs> five or four rolls in a row to make it good (laughs) yes like it it wasn't necessarily the best decision making but it totally paid off so i regret nothing yeah i learned nothing from my (laughs) from my experience either i refuse to
0: it's funny that you mentioned a crit avoidance arrow because the one i was thinking of is uh the crit avoidance arrow i have on my jedi master luke because It's already hit speed five times, so it's a plus 24 crit avoidance arrow, and it's a defense set, Uh, but the other secondary stats that haven't rolled yet is uh, 2.8% protection, so on the high end of the base protection that could hit, it's got 1.46% offense, so a decent uh, percentage of offense. And then the other one is 2.38% potency. So when I slice this arrow, even though I won't be going for speed, my God, this the secondary stats that can hit on it for Jedi Master Luke, like this is the like tailor-made arrow for Luke where it's like potency, offense, protection. It doesn't matter who it hits. It's going to be good. This might be the arrow that when we get all the materials after conquest, because you get a bunch of slices uh, from that red prize box. This arrow just might be my conquest arrow.
1: You, you might just take it all the way to six A.
0: I, I'm tempted. We'll see if it
1: if it's like the percentage
0: rolls end up really small. I probably won't. But then. Um, the other rough decision I made uh, was was for my Vader on my alt account, actually. And this cross, I both hate the cross and love the cross at the same time. It is an offense set potency cross that's sitting on Vader. And so when I started slicing it, it was it's only plus nine speed. Uh, when I started slicing, it, I was like, all right. If I can just squeak five more speed out of Vader, like just have it hit once. I I don't need a plus 20 for every mod. This mod never hit speed. It is now a 6A mod that has never once hit speed. Um, But it's now 7.7% crit chance, 3.38% offense, and has flat offense at 114 as well. So um, it sucks because I want my Vader faster, but Vader is very stat hungry and adding seven and a half percent crit chance and then a whole host of offense. I was like, ah, oh, this mod is never coming off Vader now.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I was some of them. Some of them, you're just like, I guess I'll take the hit. Right. All right. So let, let's play thought experiment. So okay. all right. Okay, so what? Let, let's say they they release seven uh, E soon, yeah. like real soon, and uh, it's not like a huge stretch to get them there, except for what you like. Basically, you just have to pay what we currently are paying plus a tiny bit more for, okay. for to go all the way to six A sure. to jump to seven E. Uh, but but the big kicker is these impact ships Uh, like the way the way 6E do like I don't think that's a big stretch I think eventually that's going to happen in fact um uh, so how do you approach that like who gets though like how do you give Admiral Akbar 7E (laughs) mods
0: oh god I, I don't you know you know what I've done do you give Scarif uh-huh. Rebel
1: Pathfinder that garbage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't. You know what I did? So, you know, I got Scarif Rebel Pathfinder uh, to R5, both Pathfinder and Biston to R5, just because in two weeks I geared up two two fleets, both Empire and Rebels, as probably three weeks. But there's not enough mods like 6E mod material to go around to give everybody the 6E mods that they need. So I was like, I'm just giving these guys more relics. They don't have Zetas. They're not hitting my matchmaking GP. I just, I added relics instead of mods <laughs> to get to get the stats up on their ships. So I was like, I'd rather eat an R5 or an R6 that doesn't Jeez. hit my matchmaking GP than because the 6E mod, it's it's legitimately two and a half to three days of farming the Slicing Materials. Like, that's that's a heavy investment, and you need, for Biston's ship, you need 12 of those mods. You need 12 6E mods. So, I, it just gave Relics. Just, here you go. Here's more Relics. Make the ship faster. Uh, um, and in fact, I think your Biston Scarifer at, what, R3 or R4 and your ship is faster than me right now?
1: Uh, yeah, they're they're relic four. I think. Okay, yeah. Oh no, I I, put, I just got Gara and ISC up to relic four as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I got them to R five as well, just because relics are going to take the place of mods for right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I mean, I uh, I mean they're so impactful on ships. Mods really, really are just hugely impactful, but it, it's just really hard to stomach the idea of giving like right now 6e doesn't seem that tough it's not that bad like i do have some garbage 6e that i can just throw on pilot so i'm good i don't really regret it you know it sucks still like i still want to put 6e on like good mods i still have a ton of good mods that can use it but like 7e seems impossible like maybe vader gets some like as a pilot you know
0: yeah yeah
1: and otherwise i I don't know who else gets him
0: i right i i agree i mean negotiate kenobi has to (laughs) like and you know yeah unfortunately um god we need a new fleet meta uh and before i get angry about fleet metas let's move on to the next question Yeah. Uh, are there any R8 that you've identified that can ruin a known counter? Um, you know, he gives examples of R8 KRU for Supreme Leader Kylo or R8 L3, which I, I don't think either of them ruin a known counter or at least a big counter. Either encounter. of those. Right.
1: Um, uh,
0: but are there any R8s that you think, ah, this could mess things up?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, on Galactic Legends, for sure. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. it, it just changes the equation by quite a bit. Like, I've, I feel like Supreme Leader Kylo is one of those. Ew, it's, just, it's just like, that's that's why people ask me why I put Jedi Knight Luke up to Relic 8 so early. And it's because of Supreme Leader Kylo. It's an arms race. Like, people are putting it on Kylo to do all kinds of gross things with him. And that, that's fine. I did it too. But I think... Like you get to this point where it's like, okay, so I did everything right, and sometimes you sometimes you still kill him, you know. If you have the right team, if you have the right mods, everything, and sometimes he just he just resists dying, and you lose, and you just have to clean him up with something else. So fight fire with fire, get relic eight on your hardest hitter on that on that counter team, and it works. But yeah. I, I do think that relic eight can really mess up counters though. I guess the other one being like Jedi Master Luke, like he, he become, he goes from, he goes from like pretty strong to like, can't ever crit him kind right. of a character, yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, still killable, but Relic eight Jedi Master Luke is actually, uh, his stats are significantly different from Relic seven.
0: Yeah. I, you know, Kylo was the one that I specifically had in my mind. Um, and like you, I have R eight Jedi Knight Luke because of R eight Kylos. Um, but sense. that's and other than Galactic Legends. I don't, I don't think so. Um, not that I've run into at least. You know, like gas at R eight scares the crap out of me, but gas at R seven scared the crap out of me. So it's probably not different.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i I have i really like i think he's he's better at relic eight he's worth relic eight i haven't noticed when he's on defense i really haven't noticed a bigger impact from him
0: not when he's on defense no no definitely not i have noticed i've noticed the impact on my arena climbs with him at r8 um just because he's hitting harder and i can true through opponent master luke's faster but other than that I haven't noticed that much of a difference when he's on defense. Um, All right, let's see. Um, Oh, this is a fun one. What is your favorite in-game character ability animation?
1: I mean, I love new Bo-Katans. I've said it a lot of times, I just think it's cool and no one even knows it exists, is the mission uh, animation yeah like what what she does like speed slow it down to 1x speed and she throws a grenade at someone and then shoots it when it gets to him and i had never had any idea that that was her basic attack animation but when i discovered it i i thought it was pretty neat so that's that's my favorite what about yours solo
0: yeah um i still like the embo hat throw
1: you know. I can't argue with that. you—you—you yeah. I mean, you, you saw me, you've seen me like jeopardize GACs just <laughs> just for the purposes of watching that animation. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, that's that's still at the top of the list for me. Uh, but I do, I do, I love the mission one as well. The only problem with the mission one is that you have to play it at one time speed to really see it.
1: Well, um, yeah. Like I, I don't get any enjoyment out of watching it right Uh, like at 4x and i never slow it down for 4x because i I need to hurry up and get done with the garbage teams but (laughs) right Uh, still good all right bb8 wiggle says someone in chat uh
0: let's see what's your favorite in nope nope just asked that one uh I have no clue how to answer this question is the setting a good defense on GAC, basically a way of telling your opponent that you have better mods than them. <laughs> no, I think it's that you're telling your opponent, I'm a better player than you. Um, that's,
1: yeah, that sounds about accurate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I guess I get outmoded on my all and I still set the same defense. Like it's, it's, it just means that you know how to use your teams and they do not. We, we spent half the episode a top half of the episode talking about uh, placing good defenses so we probably don't need to spend too much more time there
1: Uh, yeah agreed I like I know some people say some people say like they they place their best mods on defense and then attack with their worst and I I'm nowhere near coordinated or motivated enough to actually plan that out I'm like all right cls like you're going on offense so i'm going to take some bad some of your good mods off and put like slightly worse mods on but not like so much worse that i can't actually win my attacks like (laughs) it's too much like put put their good mods on and then you know and that also requires a pretty static defense too right Uh, you know like you're you're just like i guess i'll just roll it over because i don't have any other good squads that i can put on defense because i'll I have to put good, mod, like, perfectly modded squads on defense. Right. I, I think all, I think that all, all it says is exactly what you said. It's telling them you're a better player, or you're, at <laughs> least you're confident in your counters, whether or not you should be. Right.
0: Uh, all right. Last question. And convenient that we have Van Seal in the chat here, too. Nice. If you're going to relic three <clears throat> bounty hunters for the best 3v3 team, what team do you build? Or what team do you relic?
1: um if it's just any bounty hunters it's Bosque jango boba period in my opinion that's that's the best one in 3v3 i know that there are other good ones i guess with like with aura and uh you know mando and grief and all, all sorts of nonsense i just uh the Bosque one is so versatile man it's so yeah. good what about you i see let's hear what you see say <laughs> He says offense or defense. Tell us both, man.
0: Yeah, I I, I probably agree with you of Bosk, uh, Django, and Boba. Um, and it, Van Seal agrees. They, they, those three just do so much. Uh, and they can kill. Both kill so much, and at the same time, if they're fast and you run into them on defense and you don't have – like a JTR or somebody, you know, somebody else fast, they can mess up a team if you're attacking them with a B team. Um, so I, I think the the quote unquote original three um, that's the way yeah. to go. Well,
1: it's it's just such a good team. Like you, you have a taunt that isn't easily dispelled, at least right. not early on. You have two the two characters that you care about who uh, can ignore taunt. Yeah. and if they die they come back to life they uh, boba has the dispel and they both have it they ignore they, they ignore taunt they also ignore revives like they disallow revives which is a huge hugely important mechanic in 3v3 more than other more than 5v5 in my opinion so right like tons of things to love about that team aoe's way to heal like you get good banners yeah. I, I i have spent too many uh I've put Django uh kept him for offense too many times in 3v3 even though he's an amazing 3v3 defensive team with a separatist leader it's just so hard to ignore his his output
0: I I agree he's great like you put him with Newt who's already you know uh an all-star in 3v3 and Django is just so strong but uh he's also just so good so good on Bosk. and when you talk about efficiency players like that boss team is the definition of an efficiency uh team where they can get max banners every time if you play them
1: right against a ton of different teams too
0: right right
1: yeah it's like i don't think i can kill x team for sure with this but uh, it, with the bounty hunters but I, I think I'm going to give them a the run for its money like you can I always feel confident that they're going to be able to make some noise
0: right yeah
1: you know they always stand a chance it's it's a great team to have on offense so
0: uh, alright so that's all the podcast questions we have Good. no alts well we have no grand arena on the alts to talk about so uh, last thing up is talking about what we did uh, to gear up and then prep for Grand Arena. So, uh, Zareth, what have you done to, to prep for this Grand Arena?
1: Oh, well, I wailed out on Bo-Katan, and then I haven't used her. So, boom. Yeah. Boom. boom. Boom, mic drop. That's that's it. I literally haven't applied any other pieces. That, that might be a lie. I might have applied one or two on Canderous. My goal is, I don't know how close I am. I can't spend too much money, but... Yeah, so I have applied at least one sit or one third or twelve plus piece. Uh, my goal is if I can keep it reasonable, he, I want him to get gear thirteen before lock, so I can yeah. mess around with him in conjunction with all the other various Mandalorian faction. Nice. So, so Bo Katan uh, from from two star unlock to uh, relic three or four, <laughs> and then. I don't know if I said it last time. I also got Akbar up to gear 13 recently. Nice. Just to make him more viable. Like it was still, he's still really good at, at gear 12 against negotiator, but against the, uh, against malevolence, you need a little extra speed so you can get your AOE off before malevolence uh, starts going too crazy. Like you need to kill certain yeah. things. So um, he got relics and yeah, candorous. I'm looking forward to having him on, you know, on the sideline. That's basically where he's probably going to be. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just made myself sad. What about you, Solo? <laughs> um,
0: so I, I mentioned it earlier. I got Pathfinder up to R five. Uh, my Bokaton is at seven star. You're eleven right now. She, she's not going to be done in time for this for this week, uh, unfortunately. Then. You know, you made videos about your potential teams in modding. Uh, I didn't. So uh, we can direct everybody to your YouTube page again for the 3v3 prep videos on where you talk about modding differences. Uh, For me, I sped Gideon up ridiculously uh, (laughs) for this 3v3 season. Actually, uh, on a... So, I got Gideon to 370 for the Galactic Challenge this morning. Um, and then I said, you know what? I'm just not going to change it. I'm going to keep him 370 for 3v3 just to mess with anyone that puts down a Shock T team on defense with Jedi Knight Luke. Uh, to do that, I had to readjust all of my. All, a, a whole bunch of mods. You know, I slowed Stark down. I, um, I slowed down a couple other people. I sped up Thrawn and got him into the 320s for 3v3. I sped up... Well, I slowed Darth Revan down. Uh, not a lot. Uh, but to get Moff getting up to 370, I basically just applied my Darth Revan set. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, Sped Piet up, actually, because if I'm not using Gideon with Vader, it'll be using Piet with Vader. So I sped that entire team up. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's basically, that's the big things. I made a lot of other small changes on my rosters. Like, I, I gave Cassian a lot more protection than I do in 5v5, because if I'm using him for the Grievous counter... I want to give him a lot more survivability. Um, I did the same with K2. I got K2 up to like 180k health and protection combined uh, for that Grievous counter. Um, so, uh, you know, it's all about how you mod headed into 3v3. So we'll hopefully, you know, knock on wood that this actually works. I think that's that's let's pray that my best laid plans of Mice and Men, right? Um, I am I'm a little disappointed about Darth Revan because we even talked about it on Friday at the round table. Like 3v3 is where you want Darth Revan to be super fast, and I think I only have him at 329 or 330 right now. Just I feel like having Gideon faster is more important, uh, for me. Because no matter what, even if people take gas into my and because they have a super fast Rex, Darth Revan's still going to steal banners on that gas team. Like, even if gas, the gas team goes first. So that's how I'm kind of justifying it to myself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fun. It's a very interesting shift, actually. Like, 3v3 we used to say like don't bother remodding just don't don't worry about 3v3 don't like build don't don't gear characters to get good at 3v3 like just just muscle your way through it and now now we're like you know what there's actually are some good there are some good changes to be made for it
0: yeah for sure um all right with that said that's the end of the episode so let's let's pimp some stuff up first um one uh we did the special edition roundtable episode that had uh good old maurice Endall, calvin awesome you and ando uh on it kleso wasn't able to make it this week but that's a as usual, like a four-hour episode uh, that was put out yeah. recently.
1: It goes so fast, too. I'm <laughs> like, wow, that was four hours? Seriously? <laughs> right. So fun. Uh,
0: but, so that is out as a special edition. Go watch, or go listen to that, I should say. Um, I've already mentioned Zareth's YouTube page, but again, he had a lot of 3v3 prep, so go go watch his videos. It, it's just his name, Zareth, uh, X-A-E-R-E-T-H, In theory, I have a YouTube page, too. It's S-O-L-O-B-A-S-S-1-5, SolarBase15. I do not have any 3v3 prep videos out. Um, On Twitch, you can follow both of us personally. The way that we run this is on Mondays and Fridays, we are on the Gambit podcast page. On Wednesdays and Sunday nights, uh, we are on our personal pages doing our Grand Arena battles. Uh, mine is again just solo base 15. So S O L O B A S S 1 5. Zareth. He was stolen. His name was stolen so wrongly. So he is Zareth underscores prevails on Twitch. It's X A E R A T H underscore um, P R E V A I L S. We have a Discord server. It is a booming Discord server, it is a Grand Arena focused Discord server. If you have questions about 3v3, the link is in the description below. Whether you're listening in podcast form or you're here on Twitch, join the Discord server. Uh, You can also find the link in any of our YouTube videos. Both of us, um, finally, uh, big changes being made to our counter sheet. Uh, There is going to be more people getting added to it. You know, the Gambit Coalition or Gambia Alliance creators, you're going to see more of us on the counter sheet that is going to be happening. Um,
1: yeah. It's already happening a little bit. And uh, all is adding his counters. It's yep. it, it's going to be the future of it guys. So the old, yeah. the old is uh, eventually going to disappear a little bit, at least so. Right.
0: But anytime you have Endall adding something, you know, it's, nothing but an improvement so with that said guys that is everything um
1: yeah join us next week to find out if we can continue to dominate GAC or if we're just posers i shouldn't have actually set it up like that because if we lose some people we'll have to draw the conclusion that we're posing. right right yes so, let's I find out if, my comment
0: let's find out if our decision to remod for 3v3 was actually worth it that's probably the better way to do it
1: <laughs> sure sure the stakes are less but yes. but yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> So are the repercussions
0: um, all right guys have a, a wonderful a wonderful couple of nights we will see you on Wednesday night for the start of our Grand Arena attacks. And um, until then, remember that evil sucks.
1: Yeah, and don't be dicks.